happened to me. I'm not the husband. I'm not making that up. That, it happened. Forgetting important days can be hazardous to your health. Today we're going to continue with the Ten Commandments. Today, Commandment number four, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your town. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but the rest of the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Let's pray. Father, here we are on the Sabbath. But what do we do with the rest of the day? Help us, help us to make sure that we keep up here too on this special day that you have given us to stop and rest and worship and connect. Father, help us to never take for granted these opportunities to be in your house or to be in your presence wherever we might be. In Jesus' name. Of all the commandments, uh, this one might be taken most lightly. Uh, against other commandments like not killing, stealing, adultery, this one seems kind of mild, doesn't it? When I was a child in this place, this commandment was a lot easier to keep. Because nothing was open and you couldn't do anything. You remember those days? They called them blue laws, didn't they? There was nothing to do. Uh, if you had not filled your car up, you weren't going to fill it. This is before paying the pump. You weren't going to fill it up on Sunday once upon a time. Maybe a pharmacist was on call if you had to go to a pharmacy. But after that, I don't remember an awful lot of happening on Sundays. That's no longer true. Sunday has just become another day. If you have a child involved in sports, traveling teams, use Sundays just like it's any other day. That's what's happening. It's important that we remember this special day of rest. When it was written, what did it mean to Israel? What do you say a good penalty for breaking this command should be? Maybe a good talking to, uh, a slap on the wrist, maybe a fine. God wasn't joking around when he gave this command. Look at Exodus 31, 15. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. I work one day a week, it's on Sunday. <laughs> Look at Numbers chapter 15. Numbers 15. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses, Aaron, and to the whole congregation. They put him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, The man shall be put to death, and all the congregation shall stone him outside the camp. The whole congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. That's interesting. 
So did God give this command because he's against work? No, it's interesting what it says. From the time Adam was in the garden, work was a part of God's plan in our lives. The commandment itself says six days you ought to work and then stop. About work, Proverbs 6, 9 to 11 says this. How long will you lie there, O lazy bones? When will you rise from your sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little holding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and one who can harm the warrior? To the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians, look what it says about working. Paul says, when we were visiting, for even when we were with you, we gave you this command, anyone unwilling to work should not eat. God's not against work. He's against us consuming our lives. He's against us finding our significance and our self-worth only in work. He's against us filling our lives so full of work that we don't have time for him or for others. Work's important. Six days, work. And we know today our world suffers because there are many who just don't want to work. The world suffers. I found this story and I thought it was good. There was a man who made his sons work in the cornfields while their friends spent the afternoon at the swimming hole. Someone scolded the father, saying, Why do you make those boys work so hard? You don't need all that corn. The wife's father replied, Sir, I'm not raising corn, I'm raising boys. It's important that we learn to work. Every generation should work. It's interesting. We might make arguments. You know, my work's too important, so I've got to do that on the Sabbath, they could have said in those days. I, I can't take a day off and worship God. My work's too critical, so important. But you remember Mary Magdalene and the other women had a very important job to do. They needed to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. But as important as the job was, it was more important that they obey God. So they waited until after the Sabbath to prepare the body. Had they not waited, they would have missed the events of the resurrection firsthand when they went to do the job. Taking time to rest is a big part of what this day is about. God made man's body and he knows our limitations and how much it can handle and then we do need to recharge our batteries. People destroy themselves. My friend Butch in Mississippi had three jobs. He worked at a sawmill, he worked at a mechanic, and he was a volunteer or a paid fireman, and he just worked all the time and never stopped and never stopped. And Never stopped, and people told him to stop, but he didn't, didn't have a stroke. And they told him he'd never talk again, but you won't be quiet anymore. And he'll tell you it's good to stop. It's good to take her rest. The rest that we're talking about in this commandment is way more than physical rest. It's an emotional rest. It's a spiritual rest. I already had this conversation today about these things. How important is it to turn these things off? And to unplug from all of the stuff. I read this week online that there is a camp for people that have a problem that you can go to a camp and that will help you get rid of that problem. We need to unplug in this world more than we do. We can take a day off and still not rest. We need to rest. We can have our minds sort of built with stresses problems, things coming up that we don't stop. 
And some people don't know how to stop, and it's important to know how to stop. When Jeannie and Taylor and Ellen and I lived in Africa, Mississippi, we lived on Commerce Street. And we had a long, sloping front yard that went from here probably to the front doors of the church, or maybe further. It was a big front yard, and it sloped. And a man who worked for the railroad gave us a large cardboard tube. It was large, newsprint came on it. I could fit in the tube. So we thought it was a great idea for me to get in the tube and for the kids and my dear bride to push me and I would go <coughs> down the yard, head on the field. I get dizzy watching video games. I, I, get, I can't ride a merry-go-round. I, I can go round and round and why that was doing, I have no idea. I see her with this guy, her this guy, and it just goes faster and faster, and I'm hearing my family laughing at me as I'm going down, knowing that I'm getting sick, and as I'm picking up 80, 90 miles an hour, however, that ministerial exaggeration, as I'm, I'm picking up speed, there are big hickory trees at the bottom of our yard. And after hickory trees were Commerce Street, and after Commerce Street was the ditch. And I'm thinking, you know, this is it. How did he die? Well, he was going Finally, it slowed down enough for me to bail out of that. But I remember the feeling to this day, that's been 25 years ago. It's important to know how to stop. And I didn't know how to stop. You ever had a car that didn't have brakes? You, you need to get them fixed. You need to know how to stop. It's important to God that we work, but it's important to God that we stop. Exodus 34 20. One, six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, even in plowing time, and in harvest time you shall rest. Now that's interesting to me, because we lived in farm country, and in farm country in the spring, when the rain stopped, they could go. Because the fields are just right, and if they don't get their crop out, they're in trouble. And so you think, well, maybe there's a... There's a, a loophole for the farmers, and God would have given a loophole for the Israelites because they were in a farming society. Even in plowing time and in harvest time, you shall rest. I'm pretty serious about this. The early church, after the resurrection, celebrated the Sabbath. They enjoyed it. In fact, the Romans suspected the Christians of having drunken parties on the Sabbath. On the ground, the Christians obviously enjoy the Sabbath so much. And should. We should enjoy this special day. I found this quote from Joy David and C.S. Lewis's wife, and I've saved this one forever, and it, it, it just makes sense. She said, on this one day, man returns to the garden again. The curse of Adam is lifted somewhat, and we're allowed to catch a glimpse of garden of paradise where everything God made is good. On this one day we are commanded to enjoy. Let's get away from that. And if we're not careful, we'll never recapture that. But how neat is it that we can recapture just the sense of the garden for just a little while? And we need that. It's really a matter of trust, isn't it? Can you really afford to stop, you ask yourself, and God asks, can you really afford not to? Chick-fil-A's done okay. Closing on Sundays to the naysayers of the restaurant business and said, that will never work. Yeah, it worked. 
Remember when God was feeding the children of Israel with manna? And they would pick it up, but they were only supposed to get a certain amount over it. And if they tried to keep it over, it would ruin. It would not last over a day. Except when they picked it up for the Sabbath. They were supposed to pick up two days' worth the day before the Sabbath. That way they wouldn't pick up any of the Sabbath. And miraculously, it would last for 48 hours. That was a special thing. I pick up the story in Exodus 16, beginning in verse 26. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. So don't go. On the seventh day, some of the people went out together. They just couldn't sit still. And they found none. They were told there wouldn't be any. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore the sixth day he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day, so the people rested on the seventh day. Can't you see the ones out there looking and not finding? And they had to be the most weary of all of the people. Why is it the most weary people are the most reluctant to rest? Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes the most weary are the ones that will not stop. And God warms us to stop. One verse that keeps coming to me as I thought about this command, about unplugging, about going back to the garden, about stopping physically, emotionally, is this verse that is so important. Psalms 46. We'll close with this. Words for all of us. Choose to be still to know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. But not unless you're still. So do that. Rest. Stop. Unplug. Enjoy what God has given.